Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey, if you've been listening to the show and you've been loving the content, loving the guests, and really appreciate all of the work that's happening in the Money Nerds community, then do me the biggest favor and leave a five-star review. If you leave a comment, it tells me exactly who's listening in, what you like, and what you don't like, and all of that feedback means the world to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Money Nerds. I have heard so many people ask questions about how do I go from having a spender mentality to more of a saver mentality, having a little bit more responsibility and intentionality behind my finances. So that's what we're going to cover in today's episode. So first and foremost, I think that anytime you're trying to approach a new goal, maybe you're trying to change a mindset, you're trying to really break through something that has been holding you back for a very long time, you have to get very clear on what are those underlying beliefs. Now, I do think there's a difference between self-awareness and something that needs a little bit more professional help. So I think it's important to understand if you are spending out of trauma, and if that's the case, definitely seek a counselor or a great therapist to help you uncover some of that. But assuming that maybe you've already done some of that deeper work and you're ready just to move forward, here are some suggestions and tips that will help you, no matter where you are, convert yourself from a spender to becoming more of a saver. Now, this first tip might sound a little bit strange, but I think it really does make a big difference. You almost have to brainwash yourself with a new belief. Now, when you're doing this, of course, this is like a healthy form of brainwashing, but ultimately it matters a lot. I remember when I was paying off my my student loans and my debt, my $30,000, one of the things that I did that was so impactful is I was constantly and I mean constantly surrounded by financial education. I was listening to success magazine CDs to get myself in like the right high vibe state. I was doing all kinds of things that were really impacting the way I viewed life as a whole, but specifically my finances. At that time, there weren't a ton of different podcast options out there. So the only person that had the most vocal voice was Dave Ramsey. And I remember working my accounting job and listening to people do their debt-free screams. And I was just so on fire. I wanted that life, my friend. So I knew in that moment that I was starting to shift into change when I just, I could start to just feel the difference. I don't really know how to describe it any other way, but listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, reading books, doing all of these like gratitude works, all of this kind of stuff is going to help you 
start to shift from that consumeristic spending behavior into something that's a little bit more healthy and supports your newfound life goals. And the cool thing about this too is when you do this over time, you don't necessarily notice the difference right away, but eventually you start to step back and you realize that a lot of the way people approach their finances is no longer relatable to you. And I started to realize that when my goal when I was graduating college, this is no joke, I wanted to buy a new Camaro. I I used to be like a total sports car kind of person. And so that was my goal. I said, when I graduate college, damn it, that's the way I'm going to reward myself is to buy this brand new Camaro. And I noticed that I no longer even had that desire. So it wasn't that I was just saying no to myself and kind of like strong arming myself. I truly did not have that desire. And that's when I stepped back and realized that all of that brainwashing, so to speak, that I did for myself really did make a big difference. I came across an article on Motley Fool that I thought was really good, and it had a few different questions that you should ask yourself to help you maybe curb some of that unintentional spending and be a little bit more intentional with your money. So let me read those to you. The first one, do I need this? And do I need it more than my future financial security? Second question, will I still want to own this in 10 years or could my money be invested instead? I really like that 10-year reframe. I think that's so powerful. The next question, what am I feeling right now? Am I anxious, sad, or insecure? Will this purchase provide short-term or long-term relief? Also a very good question to ask yourself. I think that one is very powerful too. It helps you uncover some of that emotional spending stuff that we all do occasionally. Now, the last question, which I think is one of the most important things if you fall into that comparison syndrome often, is am I more interested in impressing someone today or taking care of my future self? Think about how much different our purchases would be if we ask those questions every single time. Or maybe we pick one and we get really, really good at that. Maybe we're just fixing one little area of our financial lives first to go into more of that saver mindset. That is so powerful. And so choose one of those questions to use that as almost like your mantra and to challenge yourself to make better financial decisions every single day. Okay, this next tip is a really important one too. That is to surround yourself with people that are good with money. If you are surrounded by people that are good with money, I promise you, you're going to start making decisions differently. So a lot of times we... You know when your parents always told you, whatever, whoever friend you're hanging out with, pretty soon you're going to be doing the same crap that they're doing. And you're like, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. I'm an independent thinker. But are we? I think this is so interesting because I think so often we think that we are making decisions for our finances completely independently and not even realizing the influence that our friends, family, coworkers, social status, neighborhood, all of that stuff makes such a big difference in our finances that I don't even think we understand how that plays a factor in our decision making. And we just stand back and think we're doing this independently. No, we're not. In a lot of ways, we are so influenced by other people and marketing for companies like don't even get me started on that one. It's a really big issue. And so surrounding yourself with by people that are like truly good with money, people that have wealth, not just people that look like they're rich, but people that have true wealth. It's a very different thing. And I think you'll you're, you'll pick up on little things that are different compared to people that are just living paycheck to paycheck and spending every single dollar that they have. 
So when you're surrounding yourself with these people, here are some things I want you to very actively observe. What are they spending their money on? What does a day, day-to-day life look like for them? Do they check their budget before they make purchases? Are they beyond that because they actually just don't really spend that much money in general? What are the things that they are doing every single day that are making them better with their finances? A lot of the people that I surround myself that do have a lot of wealth, sometimes you wouldn't even know. They drive kind of crappy cars. They dress modestly. Like there's nothing too crazy about their lifestyle. You wouldn't pick them out and be like, this person is rolling in the dough, but they are. They truly are. They just choose not to show it. There's that old quote that wealth is quiet. And I think that is so good because it's true. It's not the flashiness that shows wealth. Now, I'm sure that can be a sign of being rich, but true wealth is not necessarily doing that. And I think when you surround yourself by people that are living a truly wealthy life, what you'll find is the stuff and the things don't really matter. In fact, most of those people are spending money on experiences and security, specifically financial security. The next tip is to avoid your temptations. Now let's go through an example. Let's just say every time you get off work, you get home, you open up your pantry, you grab a bag of chips, and you just munch until these chips are gone. And pretty soon one day you have this wake up moment, this come to Jesus, and you're like, what's wrong with me? Why am I buying chips and eating them like this? Like this is out of control. Nobody needs to eat a bag of chips a week. I don't think. You decide this for yourself, right? So you decide it is no longer serving you. And so you say, why do I keep doing this? And then you decide, you know what? Damn it. I'm going to fix this. I'm just going to change this. And so you make that decision to change. So let's say one of the things that you try is you tell yourself, I'm still going to buy the chips, but but I'm going to put them on the top shelf so it's a little bit harder for me to reach. Is that going to work? Heck no. Heck no, that's not going to work, right? Of course it's not going to work. You still have the chips in your your pantry. It's still on the top shelf. You know that they're there. So I promise you when you get off of work and you come home, instead of maybe grabbing from the shelf in front of you, you're just going to grab from the top shelf. Like it's really not going to change anything. So we already know that strategy is not going to work. Let's say the next strategy that you try is just relying on willpower. So here's what probably happens. You'll do good for a few days and then you'll grab the chips and you'll just have a couple chips and then you'll put them back and you'll be like, look at me go. I'm doing so good. And then a few days go by without eating any chips and then you grab a handful and then you put them aside and you're like, oh, shoot, I really shouldn't have did that. I need to do better. And then what happens is a few days after that, you have a crap day at work. You get in a fight with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever. And pretty soon you're eating the entire bag of chips again. So what happened? I know any rational person listening to this is screaming, stop buying the damn chips. Sometimes we think We can just use willpower or we can just change our environment when realistically what we really should be doing is just avoiding temptations altogether. Stop buying the chips. That's going to solve your chip problem. If they're not in the house, you're probably not going to eat them. This is so much like common sense, but I notice that we do this a lot with our finances too. Here's how this might look. 
we might go walk around the store and just look around to see what they have, what's new, what's the new spring collection at Target. We do this kind of stuff, even though we know it's a temptation to spend. If you put yourself into temptations that require you to exert an enormous amount of willpower, you will eventually give in every single time. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a human. None of us are really good at exerting willpower long-term. That's why it's so important to avoid that temptation. Here's another example of how this might look. Going to the grocery store when you know you are starving. If you're starving and you're going to the grocery store, my friend, I promise you, you're going to spend money that you didn't want to spend and you're going to buy a lot of extra crap that you didn't need. This goes back to our chip scenario, right? (laughs) So all of this stuff goes hand in hand. If you go grocery shopping when you're hungry, you're going to buy food you don't really need. Your grocery budget's going to be out of control. This is just common sense. Another one could be maybe you're spending $6 every single day on your daily latte when you're on your way to work. Instead of just repeating the same cycle if it's no longer serving you, what if you just left your your credit card, your debit card at home and you just don't even have access to the money? Now, I know when I say this, especially for the people that are true spenders, that probably gives you a bit of anxiety. You're like, oh my God, that sounds terrible. Why would anybody want to do this? But realistically, Sometimes that's what it might take is avoiding that temptation altogether and just showing yourself that you don't actually have to spend money every single day. You don't. It is a choice. It is not an obligation. And so removing that temptation can sometimes work really, really well. I have to do this occasionally too. If I notice that I'm getting a little bit out of control with a specific area, I will just not even bring my money with me. I'll make sure my gas, my car has gas in it, and then I just move on. I have trained myself that I do not need to spend money every single day. And by leaving my card at home and my money out of my wallet, out of my pocket, so to speak, I don't even have to deal with that temptation. Speaking of credit cards, that's another one that is a huge temptation for people. If you know you have struggled with credit card debt historically and you're just so tempted to just put money on that, dude, get rid of the credit cards. Just cut them up. Truly. I know so many times that we think we have to have certain things because it's become part of our norm, but ultimately you don't need to rely on credit cards. In fact, if you're paying interest on your credit cards and you're doing it the credit card game as a way of like earning points or cash back, you're going backwards anyway. So just alleviate that temptation, cut up those cards. I like the tip of like truly freezing your credit cards, like literally putting them in a Ziploc baggie, in a mason jar, in water, into your freezer and freezing them. So if you need your credit cards, you can access them, but you have to wait for that to melt, which is going to take, I don't know, a while. I'm not sure. Some math majors in here are going to be like, it's going to take two hours. It's probably longer than that. But regardless, that is how this stuff can work is you can remove that temptation to make your life easier. Again, we do not want to rely on willpower. We will fail eventually if we are just exerting willpower all day long every day. It will break you down over time. So please quit making your life harder. Just avoid the temptations at least until you get your footing again and it will help you so much. Now, this is a tip that I like to give to all of my spenders because sometimes that deep-rooted spending as soon as you get that money comes from scarcity. It's actually a scarcity mindset. It's that we don't know when that next paycheck's going to be here. I don't know if I'm going to have this money again, so I should just spend it while I have it. This is that common mindset that often shows up in overspending and spending as soon as you get money. So here's what you have to do. You have to allow yourself to just be okay with having money. You don't have to spend it. You get your paycheck. You can have some money kind of hanging out in your checking account. 
and just let it be. Let it sit there. It doesn't have to be spent. You don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. You can start to break this cycle by just being okay with having money. Now, this is a good exercise too. I want you to think about the last year of your spending. Think about how much random crap you probably bought and you could not even say what you bought definitively that was worth it. We all do this. We all blow money. We are not perfect and that's okay, but we can be a little bit better. And if your goal is to convert from that spender to more of a saver mindset, then looking through your life and thinking through all of those random purchases that you made and asking yourself, was it worth it? Do I even remember what the heck I bought is a really good reframe that will really put things into perspective when you are considering spending money on something that you don't really need in the moment. And my last tip is to run a retirement scenario. Now, so much of this is trying to prepare for having a good life today and having a great life tomorrow. And I really do believe that if you go through this projection, you're going to start to see that maybe you need more money than you thought you did. So what this could look like is going to investor.gov. This is a website that I highly recommend. They have lots of really good calculators on there. And specifically, they have a compound interest calculator. So what I want you to do is click on that one. And then I want you to plug in your retirement information, okay? So how much you have for your 401k and your Roth IRA and your solo 401k, your your SEP IRA, whatever you have, I want you to plug all of that into this spreadsheet. And then I want you to use a 6% annual return. Okay, so plug that in. And what that's going to do is that's going to spit out a number that tells you how much you will have in your retirement years. So when you hit your 60s, it's going to show you exactly how much money you will have available to you. Now, I want you to look at that and ask yourself, can I survive on that amount? Truly. Now, here's a couple of things too. You can create a fictional budget based off of what that will look like when you're older. So you can see what your lifestyle scenario might be. Will you have a car payment then? Will your house be paid off? Will you even have a house? Will you likely go into assisted living? Some of this stuff is hard to predict. Some of it we can use our family genetics. We can kind of predict what we think might possibly happen to us. But ultimately, If you think that you're not going to have much of a life when you're in your 60s and 70s and likely won't need that money, I would encourage you to get outside of that and go talk to people that are in their 60s and 70s. Some of my mentors are of this age, and I can tell you, they have the coolest lives ever. Yes, they don't move as fast as they did when they were in their 20s. That is okay. Their lifestyle is still pretty bomb. They're skiing, they're traveling, they're buying businesses, they're starting more investment properties. They're doing things that are really amazing and still cost money. Now, had they had that same mindset of like, I'm not going to worry about this in my 20s because when I'm 60 or 70, I can hack it on $35,000 a year they would have had a really crappy life. And so I love that they were able to prioritize that and say, you know what, I can enjoy my life now, but I can also have a killer life later. And so I think that's really important to see too. And I gotta be real, if you think that life is going to be cheaper when you retire, you are going to be disappointed. 
any medical expenses are going to be very expensive. And I think a lot of times it's better to look back on your life and not have those regrets of like, I wish I would have invested more money. I wish I would have prioritized my future a little bit more instead of knowing, you know what? I took care of myself and I didn't really go without when I was younger. And maybe in the moment I thought I was because I couldn't go out to eat every day. But looking back, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I think sometimes that whole mindset and that perspective shift can really help put things in to a lot more perspective so you aren't living for today all the time. So that's it. Those are my tips that I have for converting you from a spender to more of a saver and to really prioritize allowing yourself to have healthy financial habits. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me the biggest favor and don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on whatever podcast player you're listening to. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye.